Hello race fans and welcome to season 2020 episode 23 of the Piscina Report. The podcast that gets past the hype and gives you the lowdown on what's really happening in the MotoGP paddock. After a few weeks to gather our thoughts, last week it was all systems go for some insanity in Italy. I don't know why I was even surprised when we had yet another virgin on the top step of the podium. And I challenge anyone to tell me another rider more deserving of a maiden win than Frankie. So without further ado, it's a warm Pacino GP welcome to my co-host, my partner in crime, my sister from another mister. Speaking of virgins, Andra, how did your weekend go last weekend? Do you become a virgin again after just a short period of time? What's the time difference? <laughs> well... I mean, what's the... <laughs> Isn't anyway, that how it works? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm fantastic. And for those that are listening, if you want to see what we look like, you can jump over to YouTube. Why would anybody want to do that? We yeah. have a YouTube channel, the Pacino Report. So all wow. of our we've got all our podcasts up there. The audio we've got our interview with Remy and Clara. Uh, there is there on video. So Stu tonight, I think he's not wearing his pajamas for a change because. Possibly he knew the world might see him. Exactly, yeah. I went with the Judge Dredd T-shirt this week. People are now going to know if Manuel's on his yacht or if he's not. Uh-huh. Oh, I see what you did there. Yacht or ah, not. Nice. I didn't even mean to do that. I'm a very skilled person. But, yeah, it's been, it's been a good week and we've had a bit of a break because Manuel's been off doing his actual visiting the GP thing. So I've been hanging out for tonight to see my indeed. little mates and get on indeed, with it. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And, of course, this wouldn't be the Pacino Report without the man whose name is on the tent, the man himself, Mr. GP. Manuel, how are you, mate? How's it? Hola, hola. How are you, my dear <laughs> colleagues, brothers, and call whatever you want, okay? <laughs> Virgins. <laughs> yes. Well. So how are you handling the return to travel around Europe, mate? What's, uh, no, what, what's, first, what's of all, like? first of all, I think we have to congratulate ourselves for our YouTube initiative. I it know. sounds very good. Let's see. People can see us, and it sounds good. It sounds good. Fantastic idea, Andra. Let's see how many bees we have in one recording. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But anyhow, okay. Look, uh, for me, the experience after how many months? Uh, five, six months. I'm back on on the track, back uh, on the on the Grand Prix, and obviously things. The world has changed a lot, as we all know. Mm. It has been the first time they have allowed. Uh, not only journalists get in, but also some spectators. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that the government, the politicians here have been very brave, you know, to risk uh, to open the track to a certain number of people because you know that for them is a risk. If it had went bad or wrong, it would have been a big mess for the politicians. But they really were brave, and I have to say that they did a fantastic job. Look, normally in uh, here in Misano, there are 100,000 spectators. Normally, uh, they analyzed all the different tribunes, tribunes, grandstands they have mm -hmm. here. They have a total of 18 grandstands, so they realized uh, how many people get, can get in considering the right social distance. Okay, yep, yep. so the number uh, at the end was 10,000. So it's not the 100,000, but there are 10,000, right? And I have to mm. explain to you, the organization was fantastic. There were 700 marshals taking care of the people. The tickets, they were for the first time in Grand Prix uh, with a name. How do you call it? Uh, tickets, More names. Personalized. Okay? Personalized. So when you got the ticket, automatically you had an, an application on your mobile phone 
where on this application oh, yeah. Yeah. There, there were 18 different routes to get into the track. Each friend start has his own route to get in and to get out. And when you end, you were guided to this grandstand. Entering every grandstand, there were there was a mm -hmm. temperature control and an anti-terrorist control. They checked your bag. Okay. Then they were wow. seated. Okay. Yep. They were seated two meters each of other on the grandstand. And uh, every Grandstad had a big screen in front wow. where people were constantly remembered about this. And then when yeah. the race finished, the Grandstad were, it was uh, every Grandstad like, wait, it's your turn. You know, they were not all ah, going out. Ah, right. Well, that's so they sequenced it. It wasn't like everybody could just walk out. They sequenced yes. it. Oh, no, and make was, sure everyone maintained the distance. Look, uh, I, we have to congratulate the people from the track to, yeah. for this amazing performance and also the politicians, you know. For once, Definitely. the politician did something right. Okay, so <laughs> very good, very good. And I think this weekend it will happen again. Mm. Uh, there are 10,000 every day, 10,000 on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Obviously, the, the cost of the tickets are not cheap. But... <laughs> you know, at least the first yeah. step. And this is, I think, fantastic. You know, when people show their commitment and I have to do something and this can happen only in Misano because you cannot imagine in which way people live here motorcycle racing. It's something yeah. incredible. Look, in any other part of the world, nor in Silverstone, nor in Spain, here they breathe motorcycle racing from nine to midnight. It's incredible. Yep. Are there many people yeah, outside the track? Uh, no, no, because at the end there was no sense. You know, there were these 10,000 and that's it. Why should the people be around? Okay. And uh, something interesting, uh, Valentino's fan club, they were at the doors giving uh, these little flags and T-shirts to everyone who wanted oh. to get. Oh, cool. I want one. <laughs> so that, that's, that, that's, I suppose that leads me into the first question I wanted to ask you. What was the atmosphere like? Obviously, it would have been much different to normal. But what was, I suppose, not just the atmosphere, your routine as well. You're used to going to these tracks week in, week out. What were the differences for you with, uh, with those sort well, of things? The routine was terrible because the paddock looks like an empty desert, if there is any desert full, but it's just a desert, you know. It's funny because when when you cross with people you normally stop to talk with, it's like, Hello, hello. And it's like, yeah. you know, when you, you cross a plane, when you are flying, you, yep. you know, yep. shoot, it's like this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's checking to make sure you don't get too close to each other and everything. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, ciao, ciao. But it's fun. You know, the thing is to be here. And for me, it has been an effort to come here because from Spain, the airport, check control on the border, blah, 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 blah. but at yep. the end, to be here, it's much better than to be at home. Indeed, indeed. And I'll explain to all our listeners and all our viewers at the moment as well. We, we probably didn't explain it at the beginning. Manuel is still in Italy. He's there for the for the race this weekend as well. And so uh, he's he's recording this episode from the reception of his uh, of his local hotel. So he's, uh, yes, and, he's, he's being uh, a tourist right now within the bubble. Uh, within the bubble. <laughs> That's not all of his children in the background. Yeah. Someone else. <laughs> at least there's that I know. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, they could they, be Manuel. They, they, they don't call me dad. <laughs> Not that you know. Of, but no. Are you my right. daddy? Well, let's let's get straight into it. Okay. I, I, yes. 
the main thing I think that everyone is talking about right now, um, it's not just the winner, but, but I mean, like amazing, amazing win from Frankie, but also the fact that the podium was made up entirely of the new generation of riders. Manuel, my question to you, have the students now become the masters here? Is that what we're seeing? Yeah, yeah, it was... Uh, I, I still have goosebumps when I think about it. I am, I know that I am a junkie of racing, but it was something amazing, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I would say that in two years' time, the picture of MotoGP will be completely different. In two years' mm. time, not, there will be so many riders gone, and we are seeing the new arriving. And this is a, 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 a weird change of generation, right? Yes. Yeah, very it's healthy very... though, isn't it? It's really healthy to yeah, see. It's, mm -hmm. it's the famous uh, sentence, this is life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, the yeah, famous sentence. Right. But uh, and as you said, the podium was amazing. You know, two Italians, when one, one oh. that is half Italian, half Brazilian, Brazilian yeah. one for the Italian and one Spaniard. And the three, each of them did an amazing, amazing race. Amazing. You know, Frankie did, uh, Frankie, was the Quartararo in Misano. Remember the Quartararo of, of yep. Jerez? Yep. Started and did he, mm -hmm. he played the role of Quartararo very good, uh -huh. very very interesting and his change of mentality has worked out. You know, I think we have spoken here in our previous podcast that uh, uh, Morbidelli um, how do you say he uh, he realized, he admitted, basically mm -hmm. is the word, that last year he was overrun by the Quartararo um, experience, ah, right? Of course, yep. Yep. And he said that during the winter at home, I was thinking what had happened because he was mentally destroyed by Quartararo, right? Yeah, yeah. Completely and then nasty. he said, I have to work more. The key is always working more. He I said, stop I... partying and start focusing Exactly. On... Yeah, we saw that. He put on the side his Brazilian personality and focused and at the, the end ones. exactly and, and and at the end it worked out then yeah. we, we let's switch to banyaya banyaya was for me the big hero you know you he arrived think, on the yeah. bikes on scratches Agreed, and he did yeah. a fantastic race coming look look i think in lap number nine he was about 3.9 seconds behind the leader who was mm -hmm. yep and he finished uh, 2.2 something, but on his way up, he had to overtake Miller, Rins, Mir, Valentino. Yeah, uh -huh. he had to overtake all these guys. All yep. these guys. These guys aren't the idiots. These are these are yeah. really strong riders. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and with a bike that all the other riders with the same bike missed and had problems during the race. So and he really. It seemed like a really hard track to overtake as well. Yes. Yes, look, tell how much it took for Rins to to try to overcome Valentino Rossi, yeah, how, yeah. how much took uh, uh, Quartararo to overtake Vinales. Mm -hmm. you know? But with Peco, it seems that he had the perfect move, you know, he bang, bang. And, and he, the, the overtaking he did were in very fast corners. Yep. And this is extremely, extremely difficult. Extremely difficult because everything is... You, they were taking were over 250, you know, mm -hmm. so that was so dangerous and you have to have the thing so clear and a mini fraction of a second 
can be the the difference between the disaster and the success you know exactly so you've got very, to know what you're doing three corners beforehand with those sort of moves as well so that's absolutely amazing so, chapeau to Banyaya. okay yeah. and then Brilliant. i have to say we go we come to our favorite to my favorite yes Mia. Look, you look the uh... image, the, <laughs> The image was... I had of Jan Mir in the race, you know, one of these dogs that bites and doesn't uh, give up. Doesn't let go. So yep. he was behind the group, right? And there, he was not fast enough to overtake, but he, he was there like, you are not going to lose me. Yep. And yep. then as soon as he had an opportunity, bang, bang. Yep. You know, he take advantage of the failure of the others. And did you realize how he overtake overtook uh, Valentino, it was merciless, you oh, know? It, it was. Killer. He came from so far back, he had no right to make that corner. That was amazing. And it was absolutely killer instinct. But it was. With no mercy, you know, no mercy. Damn, yeah. What Rins didn't manage to do in eight laps, yeah. he did in half a lap. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it was ex executed to perfection. Oh. Uh, to much as much as I was upset about it, but he did do well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a friend who is an architect who says to me, what can measured and uh, how do you say it? And uh, what can measured cannot be discussed. Meaning mm. the only guy who has finished in top five every time he finished the race so far has been Mir. Yep. The, the two races he did not finish, he was knocked down. So uh, the counting and the measurement says that the favorite to the championship is Joan Mir. And I tell you more, the Suzuki has been the only bike that has been competitive on all tracks. Very true. Yeah. It has yeah. indeed, yeah. It seems to, they seem to be finding a good blend between handling and, and pure top, pure speed. Yeah, because we saw we saw in Misano, and now we, we we may switch to Yamaha. That Yamaha went from the hell of the Austrian uh, circuits mm. to heaven. They were they put the four bikes in the four pos first position on the grid. So it was yeah. like you know, from black to white, or from white to black. Call it however you want. Exactly. No amazing. one saw that coming at all, did they? And this shows how this championship is. Look, the winners Oliveira been there where were they this weekend no, nowhere yeah. well that's it well that's that's my next question that is the elephant in the room so realistically as you say yamaha they have gone from hell to heaven in just a couple of weeks so if that's the case then ktm have clearly done the opposite as you say three weeks ago they were storming the castle ready to steal the crown jewels but we hardly saw them so what happened what's what's the inside line uh well i i i the thing is, I, I expected much more of KTM in Misano because they have they had tested up to three times on that track. Tested. Yes, yeah. We heard that Danny was there, Danny uh, was there in immediately June. after. Yeah, well, that's he, right. He was first in June. Mm -hmm. Then he was immediately after the uh, last race in Austria. So it seems yep. that they had it under control. But the reality mm. is that they, they completely failed. You know, the reason why... I think we have uh, spoken this here in our podcast. When um, Binder won in, in Brno, mm -hmm. okay, I spoke with Danny Pedrosa, who was in a hotel in Brno watching the races. Right. Yeah, yeah. And he told me, look, on tracks where uh, traction is important, we will have problems. 
our strong point right. is braking and entering the corner on the brakes. You know, the first mm -hmm. part here, they need the traction to go out and the bike didn't work like it should, basically. Uh, okay. Yeah. We will see. We will see. I am very curious to see what happened in the second race here with the same scenario. Mm. What happens with the KTMs? What yeah. was the go with the track? It looked really because when we when I first saw it, oh my oh my god, this track's magnificent. But then once I was watching the bikes, it was really bumpy and very bumpy. Look, Nakagami said something incredible for a MotoGP rider. The Honda is a very it's a specially stiff bike, right? He mm. said that over the bumps, when he went over the bumps, he almost lose lost his feet grip of the bike. Oh, yep. Far out. And he said that he had to to grip so much on the bike that he thought that he could not finish the race because yeah. after 10 laps, he was physically exhausted. I tell you what, I reckon he was going to have to go and see a dentist after that race because it would have shaken his feelings <laughs> loose, that's for sure. But there's a few guys riding with injuries that must have impacted it so much. Yeah. yeah. Like shoulder, look, hands. You look, you look, look at, uh, at Peko, jeez. Yeah, exactly. Peko must, uh, I don't know, he had a broken uh, Was it his collarbone? No. Oh, no, 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 it was a leg. leg. Yeah. Oh, other so, part of the body. for him, it seemed not to be a problem, right? Yeah, but for yeah, the, right. remember, well, you know what happened with Carl. Carl had an arm, arm pump oh, surgery. Yeah. I watched and the video. That was terrible. <laughs> the muscle moving and... Oh. Uh-huh. And it was the and, opposite. So he's just gotten out of having his scaphoid pinned, and then it's the opposite arm where he has to have the arm pump sorted out. It's absolutely terrible luck for the guy. really is. Yes, and these MotoGP riders, we also have mentioned this, look, for them, the pain is never an issue for not racing. So yep. the pain is something that they just don't consider. It's mm. incredible. You know? But if Carl has stopped, it's because he had a big risk of infection. Yeah. His, uh, his uh, how do you say, his wound was getting out fluid. I fluid. it was leaking, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that Body on. fluid all sure. over the track. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be good for you, surely. Yeah. So if you I think? Could... Go on. Oh, sorry, go I was just going to quick. I, I have to mention Remy Gardner quickly. I have to jump to Moto too. Like I know, yes. even with the, that crash that he had, um, and apparently he was like, "No, nah, I'm going to race." <laughs> like he was he like, "I don't care. To, yeah. I'm still going out there." Just. Mm -hmm. And I know yes, Remy. I told, Remy watches I told you. the show, so good on you, Remy, for for trying to have a go. We'll see you out there real soon, mate. We look forward to it. He was yeah, so yeah. fast too. He was so fast. He was. Yeah, anyway, I don't sorry. know. I don't know if he will be fit for this weekend race. I can imagine. I can imagine he will because for a rider not racing, I tell you, he must be, uh, you know, with a with a foot uh, in the thumb, you know. Oh, <laughs> but he'd be he, dancing off the walls. And he got up and walked, so I figured it can't be too. Yeah. Terrible. We will see. We will see. Well, terrible it is for not for us, not for them. Can exactly. I jump? Can I jump way off track again? Because you know. Cool. Speaking about speaking about injuries, did Fabio's glove bite his finger? Yeah, what was going on with that? <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what happened. Was that the... was that in uh, in one of the free practices? It was he in, was riding along. Quality. Oh, sorry, it was. It was a quality too. He's riding along and he keeps looking down at his hand and and doing this like there was something wrong with his glove. And then he went off the track and the commentators were like, oh, maybe a bee stung him. I'm like, there's no bee in your glove. And then they said it was yeah. something to do with maybe something in the glove. But like he actually ran off the track because he was like, something's wrong with my finger. Did you not mm. see it, Manuel? No, 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 no. I didn't follow oh, that. Oh, 
I'll find it and send you. There was got to be. A, but we were just like, what is he doing? And he seriously ran off the track and took his glove off. And yeah. it's what? like some. It's like something had bit his finger. You know, another fun, another funny moment. Did you see when uh, Vinales made the pole position? That he went like, yes. bah, bah, and then oh, the and airbag, airbag went off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, so that was the second one in in Moto Two as well. Didn't Luca Marini do the same thing? Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did. That was two airbags. <laughs> that's brilliant. At least you know they work. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So just just quickly, I will circle back around on that. So Vinales. So. For, for the benefit of everybody out there, we've we've been seeing in the media Vinales saying, oh, it's not the bike, it's not the tyres, that's not what it is, I don't know what the problem is, I've tried to change my riding style 70 different ways, but this Yamaha doesn't work. Come on, Mr. GP, what's his problem? Well, um, I don't know, tell me which bike won the, champion, won the race. Was it, uh, what, KTM? Was it the BMW? Was it the Harley Davidson? No, it was the Yamaha. Different picture. <laughs> Look, <laughs> for me, it's embarrassing to explain what for me is so clear because I am just a journalist and they have a lot of engineers in the garage, a lot of computers, people in Japan thinking and whatever. Mm -hmm. But look, what happened with Maverick is for me very simple. He used Friday and Saturday test sessions, right? to try different uh, uh, tire combination, soft, mm -hmm. hard, hard, medium, pa, 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 pa. Then it comes on uh, Sunday morning during the warm-up and he decides, if I'm not wrong, to use medium in the front mm -hmm. and hard in the back. Hard this in the back, yeah. He, this combination he had not tried Friday or Saturday. And, and then it's a terrible combination. Nobody else used a hard, hard rear tire. Exactly, but okay, then he says, okay, it's working. And he says, I'm going to use this for the race. That the nine o'clock and this is two o'clock, five hours later. You know mm. the track temperature between nine o'clock when he tried this and uh, two o'clock? There's got to be 20 degrees difference exactly. at least. Yeah. 20 degrees uh, difference. And, and this is another thing, as you said, no other riders of Yamaha use this combination. So who the hell? Is on Maverick's sides giving him advices, or isn't there anybody who dares to say to Maverick, well, no. this has happened a few times now, hasn't it? That's right. It happened in all races, part one. In all races, this season, part the second in Jerez. Yep. So, and again, and again, and then he comes out and says, I prefer not to talk because if not, I get in trouble. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, well, clearly you haven't gotten in trouble enough, have you? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And and Valentino, who is a little lovely, with oh. a bastard, said very clearly when he was asked about Maverick's problem, he said, "Well, it's maybe down to the DNA of each rider." He said, <laughs> "Yeah," he says, Maverick, <laughs> "Maverick is very fast in doing one lap and in practice." And then he says, "I am. I take the maximum out of myself Sundays afternoon." You know, yeah. like saying he's a Saturday rider, yeah. <laughs> not a racer, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And he did too. Valet had a great race. He had a very, very, uh, it would have been good to see him be able to mix it with the young lads towards the end there. But I think he, he had gave a very, it all. Very good he race. gave it all. He was, look, his fast, fastest lap, I think, was lap 23 or 24. So mm -hmm. he was uh, he gave it. giving yeah. it all. And then my super jo uh, Joan Mir came and cow. Yep. 
<laughs> took him out, took him out. Uh, indeed, indeed. So this weekend, tell me, this weekend, what are you, uh, what are you expecting out of this weekend? Uh, look, uh, it's so weird that we have, we, to have an idea, the only thing, and it's just an idea, is to look back who is so far better in the second races that are uh, held yeah. in the same yep. circuit. Uh-huh. Okay. This is the only way. So, uh, and this this small history shows that, for example, better in the second races is Valentino, normally mm-hmm. a little bit better. Uh, Mir is better in the second races. Mm-hmm. Scary good. The ones who are normally worst in the second races is Dovizioso. Vinales, mm-hmm. uh, they are slower. Yep. So, you know, the only idea we can make is to go through this... Um, figures mm. and see which is what has happened normally but everything is so weird that you never know so what i'm hearing is mia for the win next weekend well, i heard i heard valentino for the win wow. <laughs> valentino no, no, for the podium mia for the win i uh, think that yeah. the, the yamaha will be still up there because you know what happened the good the good thing of yamaha in this track is that they go over the bumps very easy yeah. Because it's a very, it's a long bike, mm-hmm. so it's very stable. So when it gets over the bump, it the, um, the digestion of these bumps are much easier for the Yamaha than for the others. Yeah, indeed. Not like that Honda. That was absolutely terrible. I didn't even realize Honda was racing last weekend. <laughs> no, no, nor they, did they, you know. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I thought maybe they were they were doing the safety car job. They were the safety uh, bike. <laughs> hang on. Uh, then I have uh, interesting news. Mark is, has uh, returned to training. Right. Oh. And nice. he will, his expectation, he wants mm-hmm. to be back in Aragon. In Aragon, okay. So pretty soon, wow. you know. Yep, yep, very, very soon indeed. Uh, what, do, we, what do you think? No, uh, I think that if he has decided after what happens, he will come back mm-hmm. with a certain safety, you know, but he wants yeah. to come back. That's a good news because good. There, there were uh, completely different uh, rumors coming from all sides, but now we can say that Mark is on his way back. Excellent. Wonderful, what? wonderful. Is he going to win when he comes back? I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past the guy, to be perfectly honest. Yes, look. Ah, uh, oh, look. Now, yeah, you, good question, because I was just thinking. Aragon <laughs> is one of the favorite tracks of Marquez. He has mm-hmm. won there every time. Yep. So he knows where he's coming back, you know? He's doing it on purpose. And there are two races in Aragon. Exactly. So he wants to walk we'll away with see. 50 points. We'll, we'll see. see. Indeed, but indeed. It's all different to what he thinks because it's changed just since he's been off. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Well, Manuel, Andra, thank you so much. It's been absolutely amazing, Manuel. It's been wonderful catching the insights of what's actually going on at the track. Um, it's been great. We've been enjoying watching it on the telly, but to uh, to talk to you and hear what the feelings like on the track and what's going on behind the scenes has been absolutely wonderful. And I think I saw Manuel's butt in the window when they showed the where the journalists are up above the bike thing. Yeah, you probably we were, we were like monkeys in a you know in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> and, hang on, 
by you being Aussies, we have to talk about Mr. Miller, no? Quickly, Just before yeah, we leaving. We'll talk yes. about Mr. Mr. Miller, yeah. He had a and, very good start, yeah. I predicted he'd get the whole shot and uh, and be up there with a the lead pack, and he was. He had a very, very good start. But I have to push uh, Jack's ear because his uh, comment after the race were not very, let's say, intelligent because okay. he, sa he said that it was very difficult to beat the riders from the VR46 Academy because they basically ride at the, in this track every week. That's right. I did hear yeah. that comment. Yeah. But Jack should look how many riders finished in front of him who mm -hmm. were not from the VR46. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so Jack, well, I think that we can discuss this with Jack uh, next week when we have our chat with him. We have expected, no, we, we expected to have it this week, but uh, we will have uh, a chat with uh, Jack probably on okay. Tuesday next week. Brilliant. Well, yeah, Beautiful. we'll make sure we ask him that and lots of other questions. And for any of the listeners out there or the viewers on YouTube, if you've got some questions you want us to ask Jack, put them in the comments. Let us know. Yes. Indeed. Andrew, have you got some? Uh, have you got some messages, some information for the uh, for the listeners and viewers out there before we head off? I do. And if you want to know where to message us, we're on Instagram. I'm on there as Andrew underscore the Pacino Report. Stu is quick draw underscore 73. First time I've got it right. <laughs> we are now on YouTube, the Pacino Report. So jump on there and have a look. You can check out Stu's pajamas next time or something. Yeah, Actually, that. Stu, can you stand up? Are you wearing pants? Show us. Nope. Not standing up. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please rate us, share us, tell your friends about us, message us. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Indeed, indeed. And, and Manuel, Manuel. Yeah, where can they find all of the all the latest uh, news and gossip from you? Well, like always on PesinoGP.com, uh, if there is an English version, and if you want to learn some Spanish, there is also PesinoGP.es. There you can yeah. find what you can't read anywhere else. Some things are true, some are not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it's educational as well. There you go. Indeed. It's about putting it out there and letting people analyze it and think about it. That's exactly. exactly what it's about. Thank you, Andra. Wonderful. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank okay, you so guys. much. It's been absolutely amazing. We'll make sure we're looking up at those windows on the coverage again, Manuel. Make sure you press your face up against there when the cameras go past and give us all the big wave. Okay. <laughs> Ciao. All right. See you next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye. And we're done.